uh, the White House putting out a statement saying that, hey, listen, with what we're seeing um, in the Taiwan Strait in the South China Sea, the actions that China is taking in this part of the world right now, they call it growing aggressiveness um, by Beijing's military. And they say someone's going to get hurt here. This is not um, something that we can take lightly. Uh, and they're not necessarily saying, you know, it's the aggression that's going to lead to somebody being hurt, but just the fact that they're acting the way that they are and the risk that that um, presents when it comes to a really, really costly accident happening. It all started over the weekend. Um, a rare joint Canadian-U.S. mission is underway in that part of the world. And part of the mission involves warships traveling through the South China Sea. Uh, the Canadian frigate, the HMCS Montreal, partnering up with the U.S. destroyer, the Chung Hoon. Um, and this weekend, those ships were passing through the Taiwan Strait when um, a Chinese naval ship accelerated and cut right in front of the Chung Hoon which is, as I said, the U.S. destroyer, uh, came very close to the warship, relatively speaking. And now both sides are pointing fingers at the other for causing this close call. And there's fears that, you know, we're seeing more and more of this. And uh, where do we go from here? It's it's pretty tense. It definitely is. So let's get some insight. We're going to chat with Dr. Christian Luprecht, who is a professor at the Royal Military College and Queen's University and senior fellow at the McDonald laurie Institute. Uh, Dr. Luprecht, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. Shay, good morning. So this particular incident, from everything that I've read, uh, seems to have been initiated by the Chinese. They sped up, got out in front of this warship, and then radioed the U.S. vessel and told them to change course or there's going to be a crash. What's your understanding? Is it the Chinese who initiated this incident? Well, so it's symbolic of how China thinks about uh, this particular part of, uh, of, of the seas which is that China believes it is its territory, so it gets to call the shots. So that's what the symbolic maneuver was about, uh, that uh, they were trying to demonstrate that the U.S. and Canada, of course, can you forget sailing with uh, the U.S. quite deliberately to show sort of the international alliance, so they can't just blame it on the Americans. Um, and so, uh, so this was the China pushing back. The real issue, I mean, so this is power for the course. Every time you sail through the straits, uh, there's a real risk of this happening, um, and uh, and so the ships are prepared for these types of maneuvers. It's all hands on deck. The real problem with the Chinese is, with the Russians, there's been deconfliction mechanisms in place since the Cold War. So we have decades of experience, even though we have the same sort of incidents with the Russians, of how you make sure that the two sides don't misinterpret the things, or if somebody does get hurt, how do we make sure we coordinate? With, with the Chinese, there are no deconfliction mechanisms of any sort. So if something does happen, the risk of an international incident or the risk of one or the other side misinterpreting the other side's actions are much higher, and so the consequences are far more incalculable and far more risky, and that's in part because the Chinese have resisted putting in place uh, protocols the way we have in place with the Russians. Okay, couple of things about that. First of all, you talk about the way that they treat this territory because China's saying, hey, you're entering into our waters. United States and Canada saying, no, we're not. These are international waters. So, I mean, how can there be ambiguity around that? How can there be a dispute over where this happened? Because, I mean, it should be purely clearly marked, right? I mean, how does that happen? So it's a 180-kilometer-wide strait, so it's fairly narrow for maritime navigation. But really, this dates back to the end of World War II, when sort of the United States decided it needed to sort of take charge a little bit of how we govern the world, because bad things happen, and the United States doesn't. And part of that was making sure that we assure 
uh, free navigation and proper navigation sort of and laws of the seas and proper rules according to the law of the seas and that's sort of part of the NATO obligation. If you see sort of where NATO gets involved with its maritime forces, it tends to be in areas where sort of freedom of navigation is being called into question. So this is very much part of how we ensure a rules-based international order and how we draw clear red lines that certain types of claims and certain types of behavior, even though countries and even though big countries might be throwing their weight around, might be trying to bully and coerce others into somehow recognizing their unilateral claims, sending a clear message, this is not how the international world runs, and we will make sure that freedom of navigation is ensured in those places where under international law, under the agreements that we've all reached, which are not agreements that sort of somehow the U.S. is imposing on people, but rather the rules that we've agreed are better to provide stable and predictable behavior in the world, um, that we are prepared to assert and to enforce those. And that's what the signal is in the Taiwan Strait. So, Christian, we've got the White House coming out and saying, listen, the, the potential for a really catastrophic accident goes up you know, exponentially with behavior like this. Is that the biggest threat that we face here? Is Because, I mean, if something does go wrong, now suddenly, like you say, it's not just symbolic gestures. If, if something does happen, we could be in a really dangerous situation. Yeah, I mean, that's the tactical issue at play here, right? And the Chinese say, well, you know, like, these are our, our waters, yeah. and the Americans and Canadians have no right to be here. But the really the broader issue is we have to learn from what happened in Ukraine, where repeatedly the Russians transgressed red lines that yeah. we had drawn, yeah. and there were no consequences. And so the lesson here is... We, when we draw red lines, we need to be prepared to enforce those red lines, and that we are not going to be bullied, coerced, harassed um, by a country into somehow uh, it deciding what the rules are unilaterally, that if you want to change the rules, there are proper international procedures to do that, but simply running your worship sort of uh, around because you're displeased with somebody sailing in a territory that is clearly recognized as international territory is simply not on. And this is, of course, part of the reason why we invest in navies, because there are places in the world that are contested places and where you got to show up mm-hmm. with some force and with some might. And this is also why Canada needs to continue to invest in its new frigates, because the most challenging places in terms of maritime contestation are in the Indo-Pacific theater, and we see this on a regular basis when our frigates try to uh, sail through the Taiwan Strait. Yeah, exactly, yeah, and uh, and the risk that that entails. Uh, Dr. Luprecht, thank you for joining us. As always, I appreciate it.